Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things Germanic heathenry related. My name is Jesse. I am your host. Let's get into it. All right, folks. How's everybody doing this week? Hope you're all doing well. And hope that you are um, enjoying, if you are an old ways heathen yourself or tend to lean more on the, you know, historical side of the pre-Christian practices of Germanic peoples. Uh, hope that if you are doing so, that you are enjoying today, which is the first night of traditional heathen Yule. Um, of course, at the time of this recording, we're a few days um, early of that. But when it is coming to you on the airwaves and on the uh, Patreon page here, for those of you that are um, uh, pledged at the Carl tier or above, um, it is the first day, the first night of the next three days of, of Yule. Um, so for myself and my tribe, we will be celebrating on the last night on Saturday, um, hopefully have a good, you know, uh, good enough weather to have a fire outside and uh, do our do our heathen thing that we do. Um, but yeah, today's the first night of the next three days. And I think traditionally uh, bloat was held on the first night, <clears throat> but uh, it's a weeknight and, you know, um, people's schedules and so on and so forth. We got to make some accommodations. So we're going to have some the tribe over have uh, some extended friends of the tribe invite only sort of thing um so very much looking forward to that and hope that if you're celebrating and observing it in that fashion that you are having a blessed yule um and that you are uh, looking forward to victories ahead and prosperous and fruitful times and bountiful harvests in the coming harvest times if that's your thing and all of those good well wishes that we like to extend and wish uh, during the Yule time of year. Uh, today's guest is going to be a uh, heathen Githia, uh, which for those of you who may not be familiar what the term Githia is, um, it's an old Norse word that, uh, you know, the male version of that would be the Gothi. Um, so Githia is the female Gothi, right? The female um, religious leader. Um, of of a kindred, of a tribe. Um, but so yes, today we are going to be joined with Emilia, who is the Githia of the River Pine kindred based out of Texarkana, Texas. Um, I've known Emilia for um, about as long as I've known Eric Shervin from the Ravens Call. We've, we've kind of, we, we met each other through him and they've, they've been, I guess, connected for quite some time. We'll probably be getting to talk a bit about that uh, once we bring her on the show here. Um, but she had reached out and expressed an interest in being a guest on the podcast this year and wanted to talk about, uh, things pertaining to, uh, you know, community outreach, uh, for, for heathens, um, River Pine Kindred has a lot of, um, act, you know, active role in their, in their communities, not just in, I think the Texarkana immediate area, but also in, uh, neighboring areas as well. Um, there is a Facebook 
page for River Pine Kindred. So um, do be sure if you're wanting to learn more about them that you go and you follow them on their Facebook page. Um, and also there is a Facebook group for heathens uh, in the Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana area. Um, so the link for that group and the link for the River Pine Kindred Facebook page are going to be linked in the show notes of this podcast down in the description if you're watching. Um, so if you're not familiar yet with with them, be sure to you know check them out, see what they're doing um, out there in that area. And Amelia's going to be talking with us today about her efforts and her desire and uh, how much of an advocate she is and in, in, in working towards you know, uh, outreach in the community and, and what all that kind of entails. Um, so everything about them is going to be linked in the show notes or description. Again, do be sure to check all that out, show your support in any way that you can. Um, and as far as I'm concerned with the uh, support and stuff for this podcast, you guys know the drill. Um, all of my information is in a one-stop shop sort of thing at the Linktree link that's posted in the show notes as well. Uh, so follow me on all the socials. Uh, if you want to watch video versions of this podcast, for those of you that are just listening today, that is available through Patreon only. Um, but you do need to pledge a dollar for access to the video versions of the show. Um, if you want to just support me and follow me on Patreon for free, that's absolutely fine. Um, but again, the video versions are only available. And it's just a dollar. You know, um, you can you can watch the, all of the videos once you've pledged the dollar. And then if you don't want to do it anymore... Um, you don't have to do like a monthly thing, um, but as long as you keep pledging that dollar, it does help with uh, the time, effort, and expense and everything of producing these podcasts because it's a one-man show with guests along the way. Um, so you guys are uh, doing a, a great service for, for me and for, for everybody else that enjoys these things uh, by helping uh, support us in that way. So all of that information is linked in the link tree. Um, check it all out if you're interested um and yeah that's about all i've got for the initial housekeeping stuff a very special thanks to all the existing patrons on patreon that have pledged their support at the carl or above uh tier um so thank you as always for your constant and ongoing support um but enough of that right now let's uh go ahead and get ready to welcome amelia here on the show with river pine kindred here we go all right folks well here we are with uh amelia who is the, as I mentioned earlier, the Gidia for River Pine Kindred, which is a Norse faith, Old Norse uh, heathen group in Texarkana. Is that right? I mentioned it earlier. I think yeah, I got we're it. in the Texarkana area. We call it the Arklatex, but it's in the Texarkana area. Arklatex. Yeah. So, um, and I mentioned earlier, Amelia, that, uh, you know, as a Gidia, the term for people that maybe don't know what it is, 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 is like the, the religious leader of a group. The, but the female yeah. equivalent of like the Gothi, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you guys have got, of course, a Facebook page, uh, River Pine Kindred, which is going to be linked for people listening or, and watching. Uh, but you also have the uh, Arc, so it's Arklatex group on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the Arklatex Heathen group that we have. And is that meant to kind of cover the like tri-state area of Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana? So originally that... it was for the Arklatex community. And then it slowly turned into people on the River Pine Kindred page was coming to it. And other people saw it through podcasts that people were talking about our group. And slowly we kind of have like a, a little bit of everybody 
Like we have people from Denmark that post on there because I try to gather yep. as many people who could do really good posts that are historical and factual stuff. So we have people from Norway, Denmark, Sweden. Like we have a lot of people mainly in the Texas and Louisiana area, but we've got people from up north and everywhere. So it's slowly becoming um, more of a mix of everybody compared to the Arklatex like it was five years ago. Yeah. So, but it really hasn't caused an issue of any sort. So everybody That's just good. posts good stuff on there and it's very educational and, you know, spiritual teachings and stuff like that to help people that are wanting to learn and grow. Yeah, I've been in the group now for, uh, you know, almost I think as long as, as, as you and I have known each other, which uh, if I recall correctly, we came in contact with one another through Eric Shervin yeah. with, with mm -hmm. Fridgar, right? Yeah. And I think you've known him for, yeah, and you guys have known each other probably longer than I've known him. But thinking back on it now, like how long we've each had, like I, how his channel, I found him on YouTube when I was yeah. making my channel and, and stuff. I'm like, dang, we, you know, we're like five, six plus years in along the way now, knowing of each other and staying in contact to some yeah. degree. So, yeah, it's, I think I've known Eric for about six years now because. When Riverfine oh, wow. Kindred was first founded, I was poking around trying to find the different groups in the Texas area, and I stumbled across him, and then I stumbled across some in, like, San Antonio and Austin and Texas and the DFW area of Texas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I found a couple of people, like, in Lubbock, and then I found, like, one group in Shreveport, and so that kind of started our endeavor of the community outreach and meeting people and... We just kind of like some of us have become more friends than others and some of us were just contacts of keeping in touch with other people like somebody may call me and say hey i'm from tyler i'm looking for a kindred and i'm like well you can go to you know regards group they have meetups every month and yeah. if you contact eric you can get a hold of him and then i send everybody their contact information for eric and everything or people from the excuse me the dallas area or you know whatever area they're in i've actually gotten pretty good about finding groups for people all over the united states and it's kind of weird because uh there was one guy it's gavin from uh, the heathen household mm -hmm. he was boasting about me and he was saying oh no if you need any kindred that you're looking for just contact amelia she will find it on facebook and share the group thing for you and then share the kindred link and like give you everybody's contact information for whatever you're needing for. And yeah. I was like, man, I never thought about that. She was like, she could find a needle in a haystack when it comes to <laughs> kindreds and different groups. And so like, I've become really good about helping people find community because I guess in a way it really bothered me when I first started, you know, all these years ago, uh, you know, it's, it's etching closer to almost, two decades and wow. uh i was just like wow i'm so tired of being alone and i tried finding groups on facebook when facebook was first starting out with all these groups and there really wasn't much like there was sather groups for the ladies and like mm. there was viking you know groups or scandinavian groups but there really wasn't a whole lot back then you know almost 16 years ago and i felt really yeah. bad and then when river pine kindred was found 
founded, one of the things that I decided was that I never wanted anybody to feel alone, like they couldn't find their people, even if it's on Facebook, even if, you know, the people that they were chatting with were, you know, from one side of the United States to the other, they still had some form of community or a group to be a part of. Like I found followers of the old ways and um, the group that the Heathen household had uh, for a while, they were really good sources to find people. And, you know, we have tons of Arklatex heathen groups in East Texas and Northeast Texas and the Southern mm-hmm. Texas area, because, you know, Texas is the biggest state. And we've actually found that we've got more right. heathens here in Texas than we do anywhere else. So the community oh, outreach is a lot easier. Like I had a lot of problems in California trying to find people for groups out there. <clears throat> it was really difficult, but I just never you- wanted anybody to feel alone like that. No, I think it's a very noble endeavor to foster that sense of community because, you know, that's a struggle that I've noticed as well. You know, people are looking for that place to call home. Um, and I think, like, by and large, people have uh, we've, we've become, like, as a society, a bit more separated than we ever have been before because of things like social media, right? Even though like you're talking to people and you can message them right then and there, it's all this like long distance, like you're not really forming valuable bonds with people. So at least that's a trap that you can fall into. So like one of the challenges I've noticed is, is building that uh, sense of community, you know, and, and, and fostering it to provide ways of people, you know, like a network. Right. So, oh, you're, you know, you're finding someone or you're trying to find, you know, people. And I I was doing a live stream a week or two ago and there was somebody in there from like Oklahoma. And I'm like, well, I don't know anybody in Oklahoma, but I know Arklatex. Right. I mean, I know it's like kind of it's closer to that area of the country than I am. Maybe hit hit them up and and see what contacts have have come through out there since it's closer to that neck of the woods than I am. You know, Um, yeah, I think it's a very noble idea to 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 put it out there and. how have you become so, uh, I guess, like aware of people in areas like you were mentioning, you know, being able to like, be that go to person to find a group or, 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 or sub? How, how has that kind of been your area of expertise? Well, it first started out, I was on different groups and stuff that were, you know, Norse paganism or the Norse mm-hmm. faith, however you want to call it and everything. And I think now, like, I'm on 60 different Norse groups that Mm -hmm. are you know across the board and some of them are just pagan groups and um like there's a texas pagan one and like people comment on there all the time and um i would just see people post and they're like hey i'm looking for a group and such and such so you know i would go out of my way go run the search engine on facebook and i would type in the city that they live in and you know type it all in you know heathen group in this town or kindred in that town or that state or you know, I type in like Northwest or, you know, South Oklahoma or whatever. And then it would pop up for a kindred or it would pop up for a pagan group. And I'm like, Hey, I found this group for you. Check this out and see if it'll work for you. If it doesn't work, I'll try to find something else. And if I can't, I'm sorry. Like I did the best that I can. And I just Hmm. guess I got really good at it. And that's why Gavin was boasting about it. He was like, man, she, you're looking Excuse for it. she, she can, can find, find it. anybody <laughs> yeah it's like she could find a needle in a haystack and i'm like gavin don't boast me like i'm just trying to help people because i know what it's like to practice alone like i practiced alone for eight years oh, until wow. river pine kindred was founded and i just had 
three random people that I didn't even know in my town, and they were like, hey, what do you think about starting a kindred? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've practiced alone for a really long time. That seems yeah. like a lot of work. And they're like, no, we'll help you with it. We'll do everything together. And we did. We ended up doing the foundation and everything. And I was really hesitant. Like, I didn't want to open, like, River Pine Kindred's doors for, like, a year because I wanted that foundation to be so solid. So if there was any chaos or drama or backlash, like we were solid, like nobody could yeah. mess up the the foundation oh, yeah. of what we had planned on doing, because I've heard people like their kindred implodes within five years or, you know, drama happens. And I'm like, Oh no, like mm. I'm not about the drama. Like I will go home before I let anything like that happen because I just, I just don't care for it because, you know, there's a lot of people out there. They always want to talk trash about somebody else's group. And I'm oh, like, yeah. listen, do you have a kindred? And he's like, or he or she is like, no. And I'm like, do you help with community outreach? And they're like, no. I'm like, are you helping people on any form of social media, like learn and grow? I was like, are you just complaining because you don't have that? I'm like, mm. because if you're not helping the community grow, like I'd really like for you to move out of my way so we could do something better for the community. But if you want to be a part of it, you know, it's like, Hey man, like I'm about it. Like you could come and help us and help the community grow the little things, you know, slow yeah. and steady wins the race, but there's just so many people out there that they want to troll people for what somebody else is doing. And I'm just like, listen, you're not paying bills on my kindred's back porch. You're not helping the community grow. So I, I'd really love for you to just like step aside so I could do the good work you know, yeah. to help other people and we frith and, you know, just give back to the community because even where I live at, it's actually turned in the point where like River Pine Kindred, you know, we have nine members, but the pagan community saw what we were doing and they're like, Hey, can we come to your meetups? We think it's really cool that you have something because, you know, there's, there's like maybe like a couple of covens and like a couple of druid groups, like in the Arklatex. Yeah. But there's really not anybody doing anything. So I host monthly meetups, you know, me and the whole entire kindred, you know, we plan around our schedules. We host, you know, rituals and we allow it open to the public who wants to be a part of it. Our Yule ones are private. Like we normally, mm -hmm. you know, that's to us, it's our most specialist time of the year. So we only personally invite people that have been, you know, in the community and around us for years and we trust yeah. them and stuff like we don't really them. allow a lot of new people in but it's really interesting because as river pine kindred grew and we got our 501c3 and we started helping the pagan community and we started working with local pagan shops and you know pagan bookstores and stuff like that and other people in the arglatex they were like hey we want to be a part of what you're doing like you know we like the way you do stuff you are real laid back and like we're just we just really want to be a part. I'm like, well, come on. I'm like, bring a, bring a dish, bring some drinks, you know, let's go do great stuff. And we go to like music festivals and we go to world religion days and we yeah. go to tons of different places. Like we were down in Bastrop and you, I think we had three Yule gatherings that we went to this year because mm -hmm. people just invited us because they just love what we do. And I'm like, well, I guess Yule's lasting for a month, guys. It's like, let's just you know, party it up, you know, from, right, right. from the full moon in December to the full moon in January. Like, let's just have it up. Yeah. And everybody was like, you know, by the end of it, they're like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, welcome to River Pine Kindred. We have a lot to do, you know, <laughs> it's like, we're here That's to like... do great things. It's like, so well, but it's been really interesting and fun. 
sounds like it and i'm and i love the as, as i hear you talk through it all I, I love that it is you know yes we're using a modern commodity like social media to network it in touch with people and all that um, but we're not allowing that to replace the you know grassroots level of work that that heathenry really is you know i think we've talked in other forums and we've shared a similar view of that heathenry thrives at the grassroots level you've got to be there you got to be with people you can't experience things like frith without it you know um but it has to start somewhere you know the seed has to be planted somehow and i think in modern times we're seeing that social media is kind of that that first seed that gets planted that's what people are looking for just to hey you know who do i check out and i'm sure you've seen too over the years how you know you mentioned like you're in you know 60 different groups and and i've been in i don't know how many dozens of, of different groups and they've they've dwindled over the years like i've removed myself from so many because i don't know for me it's like there's just there's not really any heathen stuff going on it's like you know what's this cosplay larp kind of thing going on let me share this song let me you know and which is all fun i mean i'm not trying to be like a stick in the mud when it comes to all that but by and large right like that's where i was struggling like it's just a bunch of people that like the aesthetic of it they're not a, a lot of them at least from what i saw weren't trying to find anything of real you know something that could sink their teeth into for like a community you know have you seen the same yeah. type, type of thing too well so i always compare people like as of right now like you know the people that are real big into vikings the tv show oh yeah they're real big into the last kingdom they're very big into cosplay and like don't get me wrong i go to ren fairs actually helped at oh, the sure. yule viking festival i played as the goddess air and um like very cool they joke you know and i worked there for it was a three weekend ordeal and i helped out there and you know like i like dressing up and you know playing the role of you know stuff that oh, our I ancestors did, yeah. did like i wasn't expecting to be a goddess like i was just gonna wear my tunic apron and she was like oh no we got to get you looking like a goddess and i was like okay and so i had this you know blue dress that looked like a celtic dress with you know golden strips going down it and everything and um by the end of the gathering they were like you are a local disney princess and i was like no ma'am i'm not i'm supposed to be the goddess heir we are not going to be the local disney princess and so now that's an like their side joke yeah it's like <laughs> yeah like oh yeah like we got you now and i was like oh no i was like great but you know going to these rent fairs like they do teach us a lot of stuff because the way they're set up, not the big ones, I'm talking about the small community ones mm -hmm. because of their primitive settings. In yeah. some ways they do remind us of, you know, I guess a medieval time or, you know, way back when, when they had tents and stuff. And we have a lot of people that are getting more and more historical tents. Like even the, uh, the Yule Viking festival in Kilgore, like they tried to make it as, historically accurate as possible for make what it look like needed. a settlement almost in a way yeah. like a yeah yeah it was a, like they eventually plan on building um like actual longhouses and stuff mm -hmm. for like worshiping areas and like they had a ritual out there like they had a feast on uh like december 1st and they had ritual and everything and they had a big banquet and 
it felt as primitive as you can get it for something that is old Norse that they're trying to get as close as possible. And there were so many people that, you know, stepped forth and there was tons of kindreds out there and everything and everybody helped in their own way. And, you know, to me, it kind of shows similarities and closeness of how our ancestors possibly were back then, but we're living in modern times. And, um, like I've went to many different places and stuff that do Ren fairs and they're getting more and more Viking. And one of the things I have to remind myself that a lot of these people that are first starting out, like I remember when I first started out, I was all about Vikings, the TV show when it first came out, I was all about it. And then I started asking questions. I was like, yeah, that's not historically accurate. And then I started piecing everything together and, you know, because I think for maybe like the first like four years, like I read the dumbest books, like all of the, the books that like, they were just the basics as I call it, like the, the nitty gritty, like they didn't really give anything. And I started asking the right questions. Like, you know like where were our ancestors back then like where did they settle because back then they didn't have the stuff that we have now like we have everything at our fingertips there's tons of people that post you know historical sources primary sources secondary sources people that have made books now that were a lot better than what they were you know back in 2000 you know yeah like the books are a lot better you know like nobody knew you know a lot about you know, if you weren't like a history, like a historical buff, a lot of people didn't know who Tacitus was. A lot of people didn't know the old writings of Narnia society back in the day. You know, their books that they did for academic journals for the Anglo-Saxon chronicles that they did. Yeah. Like their books that yep. they had. Like I have every one of them. Like I would suggest that to anybody. And there's a lot of old nitty gritty books because you have to remember when Heather and I first started, there's a lot of people coming out of the woodworks, you know, people that were coming from occult backgrounds. And there's really nothing wrong with that, but it was just, it was really interesting times. And yeah. I've slowly, I guess, watched the waves of the Norse community come in like tidal waves. Like we had the people who started it back in the 70s and 80s. And then it changed again when the millennial time came through. And then yeah, I- <clears throat> it's changing even more because we have more podcasts. We have more people, you know, doing references for books. We have better uh, resources for people that are like, yeah, you should read this list of books and stuff like that. And I know it gets overwhelming when we get a lot of new people because they don't know where to start. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed is when you're new to a faith, you don't know what questions to ask. So most of the questions you ask seem silly. Like I remember asking every silly question in the book when I was younger and I used to make all those people upset. They're like, I cannot believe you asked that dumb question because I didn't know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't fault for, you know, but you do, you bring up a lot of good points because you don't. uh, And and I think also you're, you're, I don't know about you, but like for me, when I first came into heathenry, you know, I, I was transitioning from one religion, one worldview into another and so I guess, you know, you think when, when you're new like that, you're like, well, I guess I'm just switching out, believing in this one God, for, for example. Like if you're moving into, from Christianity into heathenry, right? Oh, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm switching out, you know, this one God monotheistic uh, idea and I'm exchanging it for this polytheistic or maybe even henotheistic uh, idea. Um, but so much of like the 
like the worldviews, like how we view the world in when when following Christianity, it bleeds over, um, especially very early on. So you're, you're you're thinking along the lines as a Christian would, trying to adopt uh, practices, worldviews, and things that just simply aren't that. So it's tough. It's tough to navigate through those waters. You don't really know what kinds of questions to ask, and then when you start asking questions you're going to get bombarded with different answers from a hundred different people who all have you know maybe there's some similar answers maybe there's people who agree on on similar things you know but you're going to get people that say well don't listen to this person because he was associated with that right don't 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 listen to mcnallen right because he 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 was a wiccan you know and he you know or whatever there's just like examples um and uh, it's it's tough, you know, because there's there's so much knowledge out there, and then to sift through and and find where you land on certain things, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes study, it takes finding who your people are that you can align with to kind of nurture you along that way. And you know, like what we're talking about with community, um, you can be a solo practitioner, you can be solitary, you can do it, but on your own and by yourself. I think it'll take a bit longer and, and you're not going to get as much out of it as you potentially could by finding that group and finding that community. And just, you know, also to some people, uh, they don't, they don't like the group setting. They don't like it, that it, it, it doesn't feel right for them. And, well, the group settings good. have changed. Like from the groups that I've seen, there's like, <clears throat> there's three different types of kindred settings. From what I've found over the years, mm -hmm. there's, you know, like the Gothi or the Githia or the Chieftain, you know, whichever word you'd like to use, you know, the person who founded it, they normally call the shots and tell people like, hey, we're going to do this. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, we're going to do that. And then we have the leaders of these communities that are like, hey, what do y'all think about having this event here? And y'all got any ideas that you could shoot by me and we'll we'll roll with what we have you know what i mean and they let yeah. the community choose and make decisions for stuff see i and like that there's the one, and then there's the ones that are it's my way or the highway and if you don't like it you could go find some other kindred somewhere else like because this yeah. is my way and i i've met all those different types of kindreds and i'm just really like i'm more of the letting everybody have a say because Census the go the Gothi the Gothi and the Githia or the Chieftain, yes, they may have founded the kindred, but it's community what holds it all together. Because, you know, you could be a religious leader, but if you don't have people to weave frith with and to, you know, keep all those great things going, you might as well be a solitary practitioner. Okay. Yeah. I yeah and you know, um, we'll practice alone because nobody's gonna like what you're gonna do anyway because you're just dictating over everybody and it's like well we're gonna we're gonna do it this way because i find it sacred and profane to me even though you know it may be not as historical as i'd like it and like i've met some people like i didn't like the way they ran their kindred but you know what as eric would say it's not my hall and not my call you know what yeah. i mean so it's like well it's yeah. nice meeting y'all have a great day like thank you for inviting me i'm very honored but I'm going to go back to my hotel, you know, mm -hmm. and like, I'll talk to him about it later, how I felt about everything. Cause I've had people yeah. call me like, they're, they're like, Hey, I'd like you to see how we do ritual. I'd like to see how you feel 
in ritual. Like I want to see how you feel the magical settings of, mm. you know, how we do our setups. Like, did you feel the ancestors? Did you feel any gods or did you feel any elements or did it feel sacred and profane to you? And I have people that'll call me different things and be like, Hey, I want you to see what we're doing. And I want you to give me your honest opinion because we want to keep on doing great things. And it's always nice to have somebody else's viewpoint. And so I have people call me in. They're like, Hey, check this out and see what we're doing. I want to know what you think about stuff. And like, I have people call me for stuff all the time. Like, Hey, I want to start a kindred. And like, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But it takes about a year to get everything set up. I'm like, do you want a 501c3 or do you want to just sit here and do your own thing? And like, yeah. do you want to become a nonprofit or do you just want to do it for religious stuff? Because there's benefits to both, but I need to know what you want. Right. And getting different viewpoints from other people, like it, it helps people understand stuff. And, you know, me watching everything change over the years, like, yeah, a lot of the people who wrote the books back in the day, I'm not talking about the scholarly people that wrote the books, you know, before the 1900s, like, not those books from like, you know, 1888 or, you know, all those mm -hmm. books that are like that. The people who wrote the books in the 70s, they all came from occult backgrounds. And I don't know if you have heard some of those people's books or read and listened to their little discs that they had. Because, you know, we used to have CDs back in the day to go with our books. Yeah. Like I've got yeah. I've got a couple of those old books and I have noticed some of those people's books. Like you could tell that they came from Thelema which is an occult group based off of Aleister Crowley's teaching. And like they left that cult and their yep. group that they had for their practices. And then they started into the Norse faith. Yeah. And you listen to their stuff and you're just like, wow, I could hear Aleister Crowley's voice in the background of them speaking. Yeah. It's crazy. So much and then bleed you over. The, yeah. There's bleed over. And mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of bleed over from people that were coming from Wiccan to the Norse yep. faith and you get that yep. that blend and they're slowly coming apart over the years of people doing more historical and academic stuff they're making a path and you know don't get me wrong like there's nothing wrong with Wiccan or nothing wrong with Thelema or anything like that but they're slowly starting to divide all those people that were coming from one faith to another and it goes with the same for you know people that are coming from different faiths like I never had that problem because like I left the Christian faith, I think I was about 12 or 13, but oh, okay. because like, it didn't make sense to me. Like early I was in your life. Yeah. Told, you... Yeah. Like I was being told I couldn't, couldn't, could and could not do stuff. And I thought it was so crazy. I'm like, this is my spiritual path. I don't need some God man or God woman telling me how I'm supposed to practice and find my closeness to God. And I thought it was wrong. I thought there was something wrong with all these different groups that, you know, my parents yeah. and grandparents took me to. And I didn't hate those people, but they made it easier for me to leave and shut that door. Right. right. And, you know, like, I wouldn't say I'm special or anything like that, but the gods would leave me signs. My ancestors would leave me signs to say, hey, I'm etching you towards where you need to be, you know? Like, well, I think you were... To yeah, I think you were probably in a position to want to hear what those voices had to say, right? Whether you yeah, because know I, that they I were... blocked all the rest of it out. Yeah, so they're gonna, you know, if, if we're not, if we're not, I think if we're not um, receptive to these, you know, guidance, you know, if we're not receptive to our guides, right? Whether they're 
um, spirit guides, whatever, you know, your ancestors, the gods, or whatever name maybe you want to put to it or, or define them as, if you're not receptive to it and you're not uh, open to, to, to hear what they have to say, then it's, you know, they're, oh, they're there, but it's not like they're going to be like kicking the door and like, hey, listen to what I got to say, damn it. Um, you got to have to be, I think, to a degree, you know, receptive to it and, and yeah. wanting to hear what they have to say because they have so much to say. They have so much to share. Then that's one of the beauties about uh, heathenry for me was, um, you know, discovering those living, unseen spirit that, that you know, that, that exist all around us that have so much to teach us and and kind of point us in the direction that they want us to go right because we're we're connected to them through that through through weird you know the, our our orle is uh inherited through through them and and so they have an interest in seeing us succeed right so mm -hmm. the and, and it, it exists and it thrives through community it, it exists and it thrives through not just community too because i don't want people to <clears throat> and maybe maybe you can add a little bit to this right um, I think like when we, when we talk about community, we're, we're talking about, or at least when I hear the word community, I think of a larger scale collective of like-minded people. I think we could probably yeah. deduce, right, that, that heathens, Germanic or Norse, uh, he, you know, pagans can get together in a group with Celtic pagans, um, Hellenistic, uh, you know, Druids, Wiccan. I mean, you can get a bunch of us all together in a space and we'll probably all jive and get along well enough. That's, you know, that's part of the community. Within the community can form smaller subunits of, 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 yeah. of that social order, right? You got your, you know, your River Pine Kindred, you got your Fridgari, you got your Flurry Folk, you got the Raven Moon Hearth. Kindred, you got the Three Bridges Kindred out in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and I'm just you know rattling off from my area, you know, places, you know, people that I know. Um, yeah. And so, but like the community is everybody that makes up some of the you know, and and then from that community you got your smaller subsets. It's not that you know all 1,500 people in Arklatex are River Pine Kindred. No, yeah. there's that's that's not I, it. But I think they. In our I think I found so from what I've learned over the years, like there's nothing wrong with practicing alone, actually practicing alone before you uh, become, become a part of a big community or a kindred, it helps you ground spiritually because you're not distracted by things. You're not distracted by chatter on Facebook, chatter with kindred calling you and stuff. And like, I had a good experience, even though I was lonely, but it helped me ground more. Like when it came to doing my, I don't know what you really want to call it. Like when I would meditate and, you know, connect with my ancestors and like connect with the messages that were given to me by them mm -hmm. and like being out in nature, you know, and just, you know, it's similar to what you do. Cause I grew up in the mountains of the little mountains of Arkansas. And so oh, to Ozark. me, I found a, yeah, the little Arkansas mountains. That's what we call it. We always make fun of it because, you know, it's not like the mountains up in Tennessee or, you know, North Carolina. Like, y'all have way bigger mountains. It's not like Apple, the Colorado yeah. mountains. We have the little mountains. The little, as we so call is, it, it. Is, it, is it the Ozarks? Is that, is that the area yeah. that you grew up in? Like, okay. it's in the, like in the Albert Pike area. Like, I grew up there because I was, you know, um, I was very peculiar as a child. I was that weird gal or whatever you want to call it because I was, you know, wild and free you know my hair was never tamed it was always 
looked like he was about to attack somebody because it was wild and curly because I grew up barefoot and mildly you know, feral. In, yeah, and playing in the mountains as a kid because that's what made me happy. Like I used to make yeah. rock paint, you know, from scraping rocks and oh yeah, the, water and the like painting that... little kids. Yeah. Like I used yeah. to paint little kids' faces in the swimming hole growing up. And like I would be gone all day. Like I used to sit there and catch like fish. Like we had like rainbow trout that grew out there. And, like, I would play out in nature, like, every single weekend because my mom would take me up to Arkansas because she realized I wasn't happy in the city. So she took mm -hmm. me up there, and I found a connection with not only the land itself out there, but, like, things called to me. Like, that was one of my experiences when Odin first called to me. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, I don't believe I'm special. But he called to me for a reason and I thought it was weird. And he told me one day when I'm older, I'll understand who he is. And I was maybe like 10 or 11, I think. And over the years, like I got busy with life and busy with school and, you know, pulled away because of, you know, society keeps us very distracted. Yes. And I think I was about 20 or 21 when, uh, I finally got, I guess, deeply rooted into the Norse faith and, you know, for the first eight years, all I did was study and read and read what other people would post about on Facebook and like find the book references that they were talking about until I found the books that I was looking for. And then after those eight years, you know, River Pine Kindred slowly was founded. And, you know, the people liked the way I did stuff because I'm really laid back. All I want to do is have a good time, weave frith, you know, connect with the gods and ancestors and, you know, give offerings and, you know, do what the rest of us heathens do. And they like how, I'm laid back about stuff. Like I don't, uh, I don't assign people book work. I don't assign anybody homework because yeah, you could be a part of river pine kindred if you want, like after a year of us getting to know you and make sure that, you know, you're a good person, you know, this place is a good fit for you. But I explained to everybody, like I have a digital library. You are allowed to connect to it if you want. However, it's not my job to help on your spiritual endeavors. I will provide yeah, ritual work for in. everybody to join. I will provide ritual for people to have a great time and to weave frith and, you know, to honor our ancestors and the gods. But I can't make you read. You can't lead right. a horse to water if it won't drink. You know, you could lead it to water, but it's not going to drink. Right. And I found a lot of people that are coming into the faith want to be spoon fed. And they love these, yes. you know, these five minute reels and these 10 minute TikToks or whatever they are. Or and even a lot shorter. Of people eat yeah, like they just eat it up. Like, how, but it's how, because how those you, people. How can you give anything of, of value to somebody when it's like a thirty-second blurb or a minute-long blurb? It's it's such a short-form mindset of, and then they get distracted about the next thing that comes across. You know, it's yeah. Well, it, I know what you mean. It goes with that whole social media and doom scrolling. And yeah. to me, it I found like I've met a few people that were like, "Hey, I have problems reading." I'm like, okay, well then go download the at voice app on, you know, whatever plat, you know, whatever your phone uses for your Google play or your iPhone shop or whatever it is, go download that and then buy the book in a PDF form and have the voice app read it to you while you're busy doing stuff. And a lot of people like podcasts and a lot of people like listening to YouTube and yeah. listening to different stuff. Like I'll, I'll occasionally listen to it. Like I know. I don't get to do it as much as I used to because, you know, I'm busy with college and I'm working and raising a family and helping with kindred stuff and community outreach. 
So the occasionally, like, I'll get lucky and I'm like, oh, I have time. Let me go scroll on YouTube and see what's on there when I'm not busy, you know, posting content on, you know, the Architects Heathen page so people can learn and grow. Yeah. Like, our group's not very big. I think we have, like, 355 people, I think. But everybody loves what we post. Like, you know, we have people from Denmark, Norway, Sweden, you know, oh, people nice. in the Texas Canada area. Like, we have people posting different stuff. There's a lady that works in a museum in Denmark that uh, she we came across each other somehow. And I invited her to the group. And I'm like, hey, can you post your stuff over here from Denmark, what y'all are doing? And, like, she breaks down things that are, like, misconceptions, like what people get. Like, her main topic that – uh fuels her annoyance is the whole Ragnar thing because oh, you yeah know, yeah the whole like Ragnar Lothbrook and like the actual historical evidence of where all that came from and everything and mm. she like breaks it down and stuff like that so people don't have misconceptions of it and like she explains yeah. to people you know we're not Vikings like <laughs> right. your ancestors yeah. of Norse people or Danes or Auslandic people or Swedes or you know, like our ancestors, maybe Frisia or something like that, or, you know, yeah. somewhere along those areas. Like she like right. breaks it down. She's like, you are not a Viking. You are Thank not you. a pirate. Yes. Like, yes. Thank you, mom. And she goes yeah. on tangents about it. Like she'll get to the point where she like gets onto somebody and she gets like blocked for like a week because she hurt their feelings. <laughs> and I'm like, it'll, it'll be okay. And then like, we'll see you in a week, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's just, to me, it's just really interesting because everybody's choosing different paths and how we connect spiritually and what we find is sacred and profane. It's different from everybody. Like I have not met a kindred that does everything exactly the same. Like, you know, I've seen I, them yeah. hold their hammers and, you know, call to, you know, the four doors, the pillars that hold up, you know, Ymir's skull and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, they'll sit there and have a fire going and, you know, speak, you know, over the, you know, fire next to it, you know, and, you know, yeah. they burn sage and have their bowls and different stuff. Like they do have similarities, but everyone does their rituals differently. They find what yeah. is sacred and profane to them and different gods and goddesses and how they do their ancestral worships. Like everybody does stuff differently. And I think we can really learn from each other, even if we may not agree with how they do stuff. It gives us inspiration to find ideas for ourselves to yes. make, you know, ritual better, to make how we worship uh, go smoother or to find new tools to help mm -hmm. connect differently. You know, because I have a lot of people complain. They're like, oh, well, I can't connect to my ancestors. I'm having problems meditating. Okay. And I'm just like, well, what's distracting you? And they're like, my mind's just all over the place. I'm like, how about you try some chamomile tea, you know? Like, I don't really mm. know how to calm your mind. Maybe you need a, a voice in the background to help guide you on your, you know, your meditation so you can concentrate. Everybody does stuff differently. You know, yeah. everybody connects differently. Like, maybe go put your feet in the dirt and sit out in nature, you know? maybe Try different you know, things, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and a I, lot of people right now are doing the ice baths for spiritual uh, soothing and stuff. Like, that. like, I even did it here a while me. back. That's me. I went to, like, a... I went to like a women's retreat and uh, I told them, I was like, oh man, I was like, I'm like a hussy. I love the cold. And they're like, well, this is ice cold water. And I'm like, nah, I grew up in the mountains. Like this is going to feel like, you know, playing in the, the creeks and streams and stuff when I was a kid. And sure enough, I got in there and I just like plunged in there and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. They're like, it's so hell. good. 
It's so good. Um, I've been getting, I've been getting into it. I've been getting into it a lot myself recently, mainly for, it's kind of like a, a bit of a challenge for some group of guys that I'm connected with. Um, uh, and I kind of was like, Hey guys, you know, we're, we're approaching Yule, the historical, you know, pre-Christian uh, observance of Yule. We're approaching Yule. Uh, at the time of the recording of this podcast, you know, we're, we're just a few days away. And when it airs, when, when everybody hears this and watches this, we'll be on the first day of the three days of Yule, three nights of Yule. Um, but I gave this, I gave the guys that I'm connected with a challenge. I'm like, and we started this last week. I said, from for nine days prior to the first night of Yule, I challenge each of you to join me in this cold water immersion uh practice where we endure and put ourselves through this sort of ordeal of cold water ice you know we recently got snow so there's been a lot of like snow baths and stuff that we've been doing too for the, for those of us that have it i today when when you know the day that we're recording this um an hour before we we jumped on here i was in stones the stones river and it's been you know below freezing in single digits sometimes even below zero now for for the, like the last week here today was the first day in over a week that it got above freezing it got up to like 50 today but the water is still frigid cold it's it's ice cold oh, yeah. yeah and it's it crazy gets, like it cold. you get in there and yeah it's a shock at first but the more you do it and 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 you know the more you kind of expose yourself to it like once you're in there it doesn't take long for you to just be like and there's some mental, yeah. there's some like mental focus that you have to like, you control your breathing, you yeah. think about something or you put your focus on something, but it is so holistically good for people. I get a lot of, yeah. like, I get people like, you're nuts, you know, you're crazy. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I, I think it's good. I, I mean, and, and it's not just me. Like, there's lots of proven benefits for stuff like that. That is one way um, to calm your mind, to, 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 to you know, put yourself in a state of calm and silence. Um, I know incense resin is another candles. Like you mentioned tea, like there's so many different things, you know, you don't have to yeah. do every single one of them, but maybe experiment, try different things, find what works for you. And then once you do invest into that, tap into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I watch a lot you know, of, uh, What's her name? It's Barbara O'Neill. She's like a holistic doctor. And she was talking okay. about stuff like that. Like, you know, like when you shower or whatever. Like she said, right before your shower ends, turn it on cold as possible. Even if you sit in there for like 10 seconds or a minute yeah. or whatever, you get those yeah. benefits that your body needs. Yeah. And it helps raise your like immune system and different stuff. And the ice baths yep. do the same. Like they've recommended like you shouldn't be in there for like more than like 15 minutes because after or not 15 minutes, it's five minutes because after five yeah. minutes, you, you yeah, there's you no more benefit getting, from it. Like, yeah, like three minutes, yeah, three or five minutes. Maybe it's top. not a challenge to see how long you could sit in there. But they said like it, it's like a five minute ordeal. And like, you know, you could do your breathing stuff and like. Like, obviously, cold is good for you because, you know, it closes your pores and, you know, clears stuff but out of your releases, pores and stuff. Yeah, like the, the proteins in your liver get, get supercharged into yeah. your body. Like, there's so many good, like, physical yeah. health benefits. Beyond that, there is, I think, also, you know, because we're taking care of ourselves physically, I mean, there's there's mental and spiritual benefits to it as well. Yeah. To whatever degree you want to define it, you know. So, uh, you know. 
and definitely see, one of my like... benefits one of my benefits that i enjoy because i don't know as a mother you know the way you do things you know in your home you know really does a, play a big role on your family's health like sure. and i know that we live in a society that's so busy like we don't have time to do stuff like our grandparents did like to take time for ourselves and you know because we're always working all the time because we live such in a microwave society but one of my mm. ways that i get back to my family is i make home-cooked meals like today Great. i made homemade chicken alfredo the day before i made you know pot roast and i make a lot of things from scratch and to me i feel like it's giving back to you know my family and you know doing things to cause good benefits for my family and things like that and you know they appreciate home cooking because i don't i don't cook out of a box like i think the only thing i get out of a box is like a bag of rice or you know dried beans yeah. or something like that and you know the way society is slowly turned like i, I recently talked with, with... Go ahead. sorry go ahead i'm sorry no no you're fine i read this pamphlet I read this pamphlet um, that I got from somebody and he was talking about, you know, the way life is, and, you know, how you never really felt like you could fit in to society because you're meant for something um, greater than what has been put in front of us as society. And it was talking about coming to the Norse faith and all these different things that, I don't know, it just, it hits the restart button. Like you don't see society the same anymore. You don't, you know, world people, they like to go shopping. Yeah. yeah, your world. Yeah, exactly. Your worldviews change to the point where you hit a restart button and you enjoy the simple things in life, like how you like to go in the river and meditate and, you know, focus on connecting with the land and stuff like that. You know, for me, I enjoy making mead and I enjoy being at home and making all these different things from scratch. Like I just finished making a bunch of soap. You know, and to me, it made me nice. happy and I dehydrated a bunch of um, mushrooms that I found. And I dehydrated yeah. them so I can make soups at them. To me, like, I feel like I'm giving a piece of myself that energy and I guess the hearth mother that I am or whatever yeah. you want to call it, that I'm giving back to my family. And, like, even the foods that I make, I bring them to our events. And, you know, you can tell the difference between something that came out of a box and something that somebody put that love and energy into, you know? It's so rewarding, and too, right? Because you yeah. put your you put yeah. you put the effort into it, you you take the time. It's appreciated. You appreciate it more because hey, this is yeah. a, it's a labor of love, and then everybody else gets to appreciate it because they know the work and the time and the effort that you put into it. So it's a it's a gift, right? It's it's not just we're sitting here trying to feed ourselves and stay alive. It's you know we're we're engaging in this reciprocal exchange of energy, of of uh, and, and the gifting cycle and i think a lot of times people get stuck on what a gift is as being like here you take this cup and i'll give you this stone or or like material things a gift can yeah. be a gift in, in many different ways you know gift is a, a gift of time a gift of knowledge a gift of um, words uh, poetry a song i mean things that you can't necessarily put your hands on or touch but you can still experience and and stuff like you know uh, cooking home cooked meals i mean i, I talked with uh, papa olafson fialvatier workshop a couple of podcasts ago about that very thing that we are as a society at large like you mentioned like this microwave mentality right like well whatever it is just just nuke it just zap it 
you know, yeah. uh, the, the meal rushing from one thing to another. Right. The, the, the meal, the experience of sharing a meal is so good for the hearth, for the family unit, mm -hmm. for a, 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 a smaller, even extension of the family unit. Um, because it, it, it allows you to stop, slow down, have conversation. How was your day? What are you doing? How's things going? Tell me a story, right? It's not just feeding our physical bodies with the food. It's feeding our emotional, our spiritual, our mental health as well, because we're exchanging in this reciprocal uh, process of, of sharing energy with one another, telling a story, hearing yeah. a hearing a funny, you know, blurb about whatever, you know, right? I mean, and just having those. And that's what I love, too. Like you talked about having, you know, monthly meetups, right? A lot of people, I, I, I bet, I bet if I were to take a poll uh, of the community in your area that, that comes to these things, I bet those monthly meetups are a highlight for a lot of them. Well, they get a break. They don't get and, that. You know, it's, really, it's really funny because we meet up on Sundays from mm. noon to three. And, you know, we tell them, bring a dish if you wish. Like, we meet up at the park. Like, I pay for the like big that. pavilion every month. And, um, like, we normally do the basic setups. Like, when we have ritual, like, um, I tell people, like, hey, if you want to bring something to give as an offering, let me know. Or if you want something blessed, let me know. But we've had people that came to where, you know, we had the potluck and the ritual, you know, along with Sambal. We've had people that came to our meetups for the first time that we really wasn't, you know, sure who they were. They were really nice and welcoming. And, um, you know, they said that the energy that the people that come to our gatherings, they made them feel safe. It was a safe space. And, like, we have people that have anxiety and depression, and they get real nervous around new people. And, you yeah. know, they need a break, and, like, they'll sit by me or anything like that so I can keep them kind of grounded or whatever. But yeah. one of the things that people have told me about the way River Pine does rituals um, like we have a huge, uh, memorial, like a, a runestone of one of our kindred members that passed away. He was one of the founders and, um, we made a runestone in honor of Joseph and, uh, Beautiful. we, we Love brought it. it to winter's night and we had ritual out at the park. It was a little cold, but it wasn't too bad. And, um, once I got everything set up and I started doing ritual, one of the ladies started crying. Mm. And, you know, people put their hands on her and everything, you know, to comfort her shoulder, you know, to comfort her yeah. and stuff like that, telling her it was going to be okay. And when we got done with ritual, a lot of people came to me afterwards and they were like, dude, yeah. I felt my daughter come through the runestone and be yeah. with me at this ritual. And then one lady was like, you know, I felt my ancestors there. Like I felt the gods with us. You know, I had people tell me different things and they were like, every time we come to one of your rituals, it's healing. It's not what I want. It's what I need. And it's really mm. interesting because everybody gets different experiences. Like with me, like I feel tired afterwards. Like, yes, I connected with my ancestors, but you know, I'm kind of the anchor. And so after yeah. I get done doing ritual, I'm super tired. And yep. like, I know a lot of people don't know my background. But before I was a part of the Norse faith, like I was learning about healing and stuff like that, because I was actually, I'm one of my blood gifts, as I call it, is um, we have people in my family that are healers and stuff like that. And so as a healer, you know, people come around you and, you know, you have to kind of like shield yourself from the world because, you know, people kind of drain you and overwhelm oh, yeah. you and stuff like that. And every time I do a ritual, it makes me tired. Like normally when I have a ritual, you know, I have dreams and I see stuff you know, possibly, you know, 
the past or the present or the future of something that happened at that ritual. And like, I'll sleep for like nine or 10 hours because, you know, so much energy was moving through that ritual. Oh yeah. You know, and I, I helped so many people, you know, everybody Ooh. feels this shift when the ritual starts and opens and closes and, you know, hits his peak when everything's, you know, sacred and whatnot. And it's really interesting because everybody has a different experience and it's really interesting. I love to hear that you, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that much of the experience to, to that degree. Um, I've experienced very similar things with um, the, the uh, Raven Moon Hearth Kindred that's in, uh, you know, Spring, uh, Spring Hill, Springfield, sorry, Springfield, Tennessee. Um, Raven Moon Hearth does uh, uh, public events every year. Um, and one of their one of their big ones is, is called Shadow Moot. And it's held around the time of year when winter nights would be. Um, so depending on scheduling and all that it's you know when the, the veil is the thinnest right so for a lot of the folks listening or watching that are you know uh lean more towards like the wiccan side of things around like Samhain um but for the Norse and Germanic folk it's it's like the, the winter nights time of of year um same same sort of thing right I've I've the 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 Gothi and um uh I forget her official. She, she. I think she assumes the the ritual purpose of the Volva in the in the kindred. Um, but so between the Gothi and the Volva, they 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 kind of team up and they lead the ritual uh, for the group. Uh, they they will uh, seclude themselves. They will remove themselves from the after ritual gatherings. Right, everybody's kind of assembling around a fire, doing drum circles, socializing. They they remove themselves from it all because it is such a profound experience for them. They're like, we gotta recharge. We gotta we gotta we gotta kind of step away from from everybody else because of everything that's going on. Um, and so it is. It's it's it is it's beautiful. You say it's interesting, but it is it's profound. And again, it, it goes back to community, right? You can't you can't replicate that over a zoom meeting over a virtual thing like i see you've probably seen too like people like oh we're gonna hold like a virtual ritual this thing that or the other i'm like while it may be well intended I, we're yeah you're not gonna get that experience through a screen i'm sorry you're not you know yeah. you I gotta be there in person for it i went i've been uh doing uh meetings with a group in uh a different country of the world that's a Norse group and um, I've noticed every time that I have been to one of their gatherings like they're good people and everything there's nothing wrong with them or anything like that they're very nice and they're very you know forthcoming and helpful with everything but every time I've done a ritual with them and I've participated I have become sick and I don't know if it's because of my phone because you know phones produce radiation and you know, everything's producing radiation or whatever, you know, the EMFs right. or whatever you want to call it. And I'm not real big into the the big ordeal about it. Like, I know that everything has frequencies and stuff like that. It's it's science. It's everywhere. It yeah. TV. But every time I've went to one of their gatherings, like, I became sick afterwards. And I don't know if, you know, it's a spiritual thing, a magical thing, or if it's my mm -hmm. phone. But I found that, you know, like, I still had a spiritual connection like I felt, you know, the energy shift in the room from the ritual. 
Yeah. But every time afterwards, like I would get sick afterwards, like the next day, like I would be sick, not like magically drained. I mean, like I would get physically sick, ill, like, yeah, I, like physically ill. And, you know, there's different types of when it comes to, you know, mentally, physically and spiritually, when it comes to doing ritual work and, you know, more people that are uh, more grounded in magic and connecting with the magic, not just only of the land or, you know, the magic of the blood gifts of what our ancestors give us. And a lot of, those are a lot of topics that people don't talk about in the Norse faith. Like, you know, we talk about ancestral worship, the gods and goddesses and the magic that they had. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the magic of the land, but nobody really talks about how we connect with them and how to connect with them. And it's really interesting because people don't understand, like, you can get sick from going to a ritual. Like somebody yeah. could have ill intentions when they're doing ritual and like they could drain everyone's magic out of that and affect them. Like I've seen it happen before and I've had other ones where people were like, Oh, well, I got, I got sick from the ritual or, you know, like they didn't I had feel it anything at time. all. I had it happen one yeah, time and- at shadow Moot where I was, I was, I, I became physically ill right before the ritual started i still went through it i still had a wonderful experience but it was almost like i was yeah it was almost like i was um experiencing death like a physical sickness to death kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah and it's really interesting because like in our faith yeah we have the runes and they have magical properties and rune stones have magical aspects and nature has like there's tons of different things that have magical aspects but like people don't really talk about the magic that they were born with of their blood gifts and how they connect with things of our faith. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, curiosity and the mystery of, you know, understanding, you know, like Seder or the vulva or a and things like that. And, you know, for the longest, you know, back in black in the many millennial times, everybody was like, Oh, I want to be a, evolve it or I want to be a victi or I want to take classes and doing this or that and you know everybody had different viewpoints of that stuff and how they wanted to connect with that magic and those blood gifts and I'm like well you're you're kind of born that way or you're not like you can take as many classes as you want and learn you about it or all you those don't. different things. it's like you're born with it or you don't it's like you're born with hazel eyes or you're born with green eyes or you know like it's kind of like you know it's a part of you it's a piece of you that was already there and like, I don't think we really talk about those blood gifts in different viewpoints. And over the years, I've seen different stuff like, you know, women's traditions. It isn't talked about very much. And, you know, I found different things about it. Like, you know, you know, a man from the Norse faith meets a woman and, you know, she ends up converting to the faith and like, she really doesn't know much. And to me, it makes me sad. Like she's a gifted woman. Like you can tell she's a great hearth mother and different things like that. But like, you know, she married this man in the Norse faith and nobody really taught her anything. And to me, it's sad. And it goes the same way for like men that are coming to the faith. You know, they go straight to Vikings, the TV show. And, you know, nobody really reads about, you know, what it is to be, you know, have that masculine or feminine energy of our Norse faith and what it takes to have those good foundations and those pillars for the foundations not just to be a part of the faith, but, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually, how you connect with all those things, as well as somebody who has gifts or that's chosen to be a leader. Like, you know, 
you don't slowly just wake up one day and you're just like, I'm going to be a leader. It doesn't work that way. Like it builds up to this point, like, you know, the Norns knew that you were coming to this point, but they had to, you know, to me, like our web of weird is like, as uh, Eric would suggest, it's like a tree. It has many branches. And until you make it to the top of that treetop, you won't really know what the Norns really had in store for you. Like, you know, some of your branches are rotten and they'll break and fall off and you have to start back from the branch that you were before to make your way up to the top of the tree of symbolizing, you know, what is sacred and profane to you and what led you to where you are as a person. And we have have so many different topics and aspects that are not touched on like you know like what is sisterhood and what is brotherhood and like how we weave frith in the community like i don't see a lot of women's groups and i don't really see a lot of men's groups like they're kind of few and far between and i feel those are important in my opinion but it's just not something we see a whole lot of you know no i'm I'm glad you mentioned that um i mean so like you know we (laughs) community is everybody i mean it's 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 all uh you know, all genders, all aspects and, and whatnot. But I, I, I agree, right? There, there, there needs to be uh, uh, definitive lines and, and, and stuff drawn for the reasons that you're stating. I mean, women uh, groups, you know, women need to be able to connect uh, with, with women of like minds and, 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 and tap into their, their, the, the feminine divine uh, within themselves. Men need to do the same thing. I've talked um, at various times um, and have shared various things to some degree about uh, a men's retreat that has been going on in Appalachia over the last few years that I helped kind of, it's weird for me to say like co-founded it, um, but it it, it just, it it, it kind of naturally became that. It's called Fire on the Mountain, but it is a men's retreat. And every year um, I go and and it's been, this will be our, I think our fourth year doing it and it's, it's different each year, but it's a, it's a men's retreat and it's for men to, you know, same thing, you know, women need to have that men need to have that to be able to connect with what is, as you refer to, you know, our blood gifts, um, the things that have been maybe dormant um, within us that haven't been awake, awoken, you know what I mean? Like they, you know, they, they, they've been there. We, we just, you know, how, how do we tap into that? How do we connect with that? How do we not just tap into and connect with, but how do we then go forth and live truthfully and, and genuinely in a way that reflects those, those gifts, you know what I mean? Like not just like put a hat on and then hang it up and walk away and forget about it for a year, yeah. but to adopt it's it, really- to put on that mantle and, and live in a way that reflects it. And it's really interesting because, you know, when you come to this faith, you have a lot of baggage to unpack mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it's, to me, it just kind of, it doesn't really wreck your world or anything, but it opens your eyes to It shakes that, the limbs of the tree, I think. I mean, you know, we yeah, talk about a, like a it, web it, it and, and a tree. You got to yeah. climb those branches. You got to, you got to, you got to climb all them limbs, man. You know, you got to, yeah. you got to grab a hold of one of them branches that you thought was good. And then it breaks and then you fall and bust yeah. your ass and a little bit. You know? And it's really interesting because, you know, there's a lot to read in our faith, just like with, within any faith or culture or tradition. There's stuff you you could spend a whole lifetime reading about stuff. Like I knew people 
that read about religions for their whole entire life and they told me that they'll never completely understand every single thing about their faith <laughs> and it goes the same with us like we're still discovering new stuff when we hardly had anything all those years ago besides the little nitty-gritty stuff and now we have so much historical evidence we filled in we have filled in so many gaps over the past 15 years it very, is very astounding true. to me and you know you know i meet a lot of people that they're like oh i want to practice magic in the norse faith and i'm like so i'm gonna give you the poetic edda and you could find the magic in there and then when you feel like you're good I'll give you another book, but it's just like, I don't think we should just dive into Sather. Like I tried yeah. that in the beginning. I, I my first oh, two yeah. books were, uh, Seder, uh, the consciousness by Yangana Desmond. And I got the poetic Edda and I made it to the poetic Edda. And like, there was a lot to decipher and understand because it was a lot to take in at first, but you know, like the Sather book, I did not know what she was talking about. I had to Google everything. Like, I think it took me like two months to read that whole entire book. And the, the book was yeah. just like a two hour book, you know, of reading, you know, right. but it's just, you know, like we have books that are more complex and, you know, books that are super well, in depth. Like, you know, and, you I mean, know, like, like I, I, I still learn new stuff every day. Like I learned same. about what a doom ring was about six months ago. Like I knew what an oath ring was, but I didn't know what a doom ring was. And I read it out of the, uh, the Urdwella sagas. And I was like, huh, I was like, what's a doom ring? And then I had to like Google what a doom ring was, you know, and there's stuff that I read all the time that, you know, I'm like, oh man, I remember reading that like 10 years ago. And now that makes more sense now. Cause I reread over many of the books that, oh, yeah. um, that I was reading years ago and it refreshes my mind. Like yep. there's nothing wrong with rereading over books. Like, yes, there's a lot of Absolutely. new books and they're, they're easily broke down. Like Jackson Crawford's book, his, uh, poetic Edda, it makes so much easier to break down. <laughs> so you can go for an Oxford edition book, yeah. you know, to go it's off. It's an easier of read than, than, than an yeah, academic, because, you know, synopsis or, yeah, break, or the whatever. Way he yeah. break, the way he breaks it down is easier for new people compared to the Oxford edition of the poetic you know, Edda. You know, real quick, one of the things that I was going to mention, you know, we're talking about the studies and, and all that. I, I, uh, I've had um, I've had Scott Shell. I don't know if you're familiar um, mm -hmm. with, with Scott, but when he knew that you were coming here on the podcast, because I did a, I, I did I, I did a live stream like a week or two ago and he popped in randomly and was on there. He's like, oh, Amelia, I know. Uh, he's like, I'm going to have to tune in to that one because uh, he spoke well of you. Um, but he brings up a good point too. in some of the conversations I've had with Scott was, um, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the practitioner, uh, side of things is, is different from I'm trying to remember the, the, the term, but basically like you can be this academic mind on things and, and be buried in the books, buried in the academia, buried in, you know, the source material and not not gain anything out of the practitioner side of things you've got to live it you got to do it you got to be your own person and, and you know we talked earlier about um the way you know kindreds do things tribes etc whatever term you want to put to it is is not the same as the next one right you're not going to find two tribes doing or two kindreds doing things exactly the same way sure there might be similarities but they're not exactly the same i think that's vital uh because 
part of practicing, part of doing things is is tradition needs to be established and, and, and made that is that is unique to the group that does it. It, it goes back to this old concept of Thu, right? What is law? What is custom? Well, it is custom. It is law. Um, and we'll, we'll just use our two, you know, respective groups, right? If, if, if the River Pine Kindred's custom or, or Thu or law is to, you know, stand in a circle for ritual and, you know, clearly the folks uh, custom or tradition is to stand in like this horseshoe shape for ritual. Yeah. Is one right or wrong? No, it's the River Pine way. That is good. That is law. That is the through of River Pine. And for really folk is, is to do it that way. And that is good. And it is law. And that is through for for that group. It, it, and and that it comes also, naturally. Right? It that has also to go goes down. back to what is sacred and profane. What is sacred and profane to one group may not be sacred and profane to another. Yes, you may worship the same gods and goddesses. Or, you know, you have your ancestral worship. And y'all may have the almost the exact same things on the table. But how somebody feigns. Like I have been to a ritual where I have never seen so much magic mm -hmm. pumping through a ritual. And like they had a very, you know, traditional setup for their rituals. Like it was by the book. Like it was, I think they did the Nornia Society setup. I think it was okay. mm -hmm. and uh like theirs was like really traditional you know very serious like they sang and had drums and chanted and the whole ritual lasted for an hour right and my legs were tired like there <laughs> were people there that had disabilities like uh, good Bring sir had to sit down. Good sir <laughs> had to sit down, and uh, the crone had to go sit down. Like she was getting tired. Like my legs were aching, but the yeah. magic that was pumping through that ritual for that hour was the most magic I have ever seen from anybody else's group. And I've been to different rituals. Like I've been to like five or six different, you know, kindreds rituals and like you know, ADF rituals and, you know, different other backgrounds of different religions where they invited me and I wanted to be respectful and whatnot, but their magic that they had in it, it affected me like no one else's. Like I didn't get sick or anything like that, but like after the event, like I had visions about their kindred for like a solid week. And wow. I told the guy what I, what I saw. And I was like, I'm not telling you this might happen because, you know, to me, the way uh, the Norns work, you know, they have your string, you know, already set out. Right. And, like, you know, some people like to use the word fate. Some people disagree that fate is not really a Norse word. But, um, you know, some people believe fate is ever-changing. And there's, um, there's a balance with order and chaos. Sometimes order brings chaos, and sometimes chaos brings order. But when it came to that ritual that I went to, there was so much magic pumping through it. Like I had visions for that kindred for like a week and like I wrote them down and like mailed it to them. And I was like, I'm not saying this will happen, but I had a dream or a vision that it happened. And they were like, wow, that happened. I'm like, I've never had it happen with a ritual like that. But I was just like, I just wanted to let you know, like, I thought your ritual was great. Like it was the best one I've ever seen in a really long time. And then wow. I've been to other people's rituals that was very, uh, it was very nurturing and it was very, um, it, you know, 
like how mine is it it wasn't what you wanted it was what you needed and like everybody had a good time and it was very peaceful like I think they had like 75 people there and it was like six different kindreds and stuff like that and it was a good event like it was very welcoming and everything everybody was real friendly and they you know everybody chit-chatted and had a really good time there was you know men women and children you know kids were playing with other kids it was wonderful and you know the ritual was really nice and it was very nurturing and everybody's ritual setups like you know when you have a man and a woman doing a ritual together you get the masculine and the feminine energy together while they're weaving frith through that ritual where if you have a woman doing a ritual she may be more nurturing or she may be more healing where a man he may be more masculine or maybe um more protective when it comes to his kindred so he may shield around that ritual and everybody's ritual is different and a lot of people forget that because people who don't come from magical backgrounds which i don't to me like i didn't study magic mm-hmm. like you know before i came to this faith all i know is what norse stuff is and like you know my friends over here they'll talk about something you know that's magical and i'm like huh i didn't know that you know and so from what i've read of different stuff this is what i know but even in one of my posts um on river pine kindred i said you know you could read whatever book that you want but if you can't connect with the gods and your ancestors you're missing the point just like you could dress up like a viking and go to the ren fair yes it may give you a sense of pride and honoring your ancestors but at the end of the day we're gonna have our blue jeans and a t-shirt on and we're gonna go to walmart and get what we need you know what i mean we're not (laughs) gonna be running around in our garb and then you know joe bob's gonna be like what is that yeah i think she's 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 lost you know right where are you from you know yeah exactly they're gonna be like i think you're in the wrong part of town i think you're in the wrong century there my god yeah 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 you're a time traveler watch out and you know even people who live off the land you know you could be a farmer and it may give you a sense of purpose of bringing you closer to how your ancestors live but i bet you a nickel you're still going to go to walmart and get something you ran out of that you're your garden didn't have you know yeah like right. it's the point of finding what is sacred and profane to you you know mm. you can read every book that you want but if you can't connect to you know the land yeah. your ancestors or the gods and goddesses and not everybody can connect to stuff like you know i i get messages in the wind you know the weather kind of tells me something's coming you know like how you feel the wild hunt yep. coming you know when yep. when it's that time or you know, you feel the biometric pressure change in your bones, you know, yep. it's not really necessarily the God speaking to you, but you feel, you know, something shifting in the wind Yeah. and, you know, you're 100%. finding a connection somewhere with nature, not just the land spirits, but even, you know, for us, like say, for example, yes, I was born and raised in Texas. Yes. My great grandparents on my father's side, they're Norwegian. They came from Norway. Like, I'm, like, fourth-generation American, you know? And, you know, my grandparents used to tell me Norse stories. It's almost like the gods were, you know, speaking through my grandparents to slowly bring me where I am now. I believe that. You know, everything happens for a reason. Everything gives us signs and messages. It's not just all about the magic and the woo-woo. Like, don't get me wrong, the woo-woo can be cool at times, and it can scare the hell out of you at times, mm-hmm. giving you those spiritual messages to help you come to what's sacred and profane for yourself. But, you yeah. know, 
It's just everybody deals with stuff differently, you know? Some people yeah, are academic. I find those people are wonderful, like Scott Shell. I was telling him book rants that I had a problem with. I complained because of the the Codex Runicus. They yeah. don't have an English translation of that book. I complained because, you know, for the longest I was learning about temples. And, you know, one time, you know, government, law, or, you know, society and government and religion was all the same. Right. We're not in that same time period now. It got broken apart through the conversion. But at the same time, I want a copy of the Codex Runicus in English. I've got it in the Old Norse translation, but I'm going to save that for retirement because I don't have time to translate that book from, <laughs> you know, runes to Old yeah. Norse to yeah. Norse to Old English. I don't have that time right now. Like, I got a box yeah. of spoons for so many things in the day, but that book is not one of them. And I told Dr. Shaw, I was like, man, it would be really awesome if you translated that book. You know, because it was actually broken apart and put in other books. Like, it's not an actual book by itself. It was broken apart and used for different other aspects yeah. in Old Norse and stuff, which yeah. I, I was complaining to him about it and everything. Because, you know, they have a lot of books, you know, in Iceland and Norway and Denmark that are manuscripts that yeah. nobody's translated them yet. That are just waiting yep. to be found, more knowledge for us to read. And, you know, even um, Robert Sass for a while. He was yeah. going overseas and, you know, people were giving him information to bring back over here. Like, you mm -hmm. know, some of the stuff he finds, you know, a lot of people agree or disagree with him. But you know what? He's doing good. He's doing good work. He's corrected his mistakes and things like that, even yep. though some people disagree with what he does. But he's doing something that we can do. So why should we complain about what he's doing? You know, everybody's going to do their I'm having... own work. I'm gonna have him back on. I said I'm having him. I'm having. I'm. I'm bringing. I'm bringing Robert uh, back on the show here um, in March. Um, I think him and Scott would have oh. a field day together. Oh man, you can believe? Can you imagine? That would be a freaking eight-hour-long show. I was gonna say. I was gonna say three hours. Event. I was gonna be. I was gonna be generous and say it would be an interesting three hours. But we could probably yeah, squeeze it, probably... it in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting because like I've spoke like with both webinar. of them. <laughs> yeah, I've spoke I've spoke with both of them at different times and in, you know, my endeavors of being into yep. the Norse faith. And um like they're really good at what they do. And, you yep. know, I've seen a lot of authors and academics come in and out of the woodwork. But um, you know, between Jackson Crawford and Dr. Shell and uh, Robert Sass, and there's many other people that I can't think of off the top. They do great work with books. They put books out there that, you know, historically or from their own point of view of how they do their kindred or tribe, and it helps people who are starting out, you know, because not everybody can come to me and be like, oh, Amelia, help me help me with a kindred stuff or you know like give me good book references and then I give them like 50 book lists and I'm like I'm gonna highlight the ones that are important and start yeah. off with these it's Watch so intimidating these podcasts. It yeah be, it, it is can... it's a lot it's overwhelming and we don't have enough um courses like to me I think we should have more questionnaire stuff like you know are you new coming to the Norse faith what are things that you are curious about or, you know, make small little, you know, lectures and introductions to the faith. Like if somebody could break a book down mm -hmm. 
like say for example the poetic edda like break down a chapter and you know we do we have the sacred text of that one but there's other books that people wrote that people are like well let me get my norse dictionary out you know my encyclopedia <laughs> so it could tell me what it is and i even have yeah. one of those and i let people borrow it all the time but i think until we make um like lesson plans and i hate calling it that because to me that's not what it's about but for the people that are book readers to yeah. like make you know spark notes and break each of those passages down and prove and show why this is important i really don't think that uh it's going to make the community like the community's growing like it's grown because i remember when we started out with like oh yeah I think it was like 50,000 people and now we're we're already to a million already since like 16 years ago. Like, oh, you're talking just like, to, like also true Norse dramatic like yeah like all the community. you know the people yeah. that follow the umbrella of you know that community. I remember mm -hmm. when it started out with 50,000 people and now we're we're at a million like I wish they'd do a census again because they haven't done one since I think it was like in 2000 and one i think i can't remember when the last time he did it was so long ago and like i missed that one but you know some people need crash courses some people need spark notes you know some people need you know somebody breaking the books down for them and you know there's a lot of podcasts like there's podcasts like yours eric's you know dr shells what jackson crawford does and many other people you yeah. know that are from overseas and stuff and you know people watch a lot of them but it's you know, you find the good stuff in the books. Like when I want to read about temples, like I just go to my digital library of everything and I type in temples and I just pick a book and I start mm. reading about temples. Or when I want to read about, you know, how priests or, you know, go these did stuff. I just sit there and run it through my search engine and I pull up books. Then I read that passage and I write it down in my notebook. Like I have so many notebooks of yeah. different books that I've read, you know, important little you know sources that i found and it led me to another book like i yeah. just finished reading um a piece of horse liver oh, that's a good and one it explained, yeah and it explained how you know hecton he was very um challenged because you know when he went into battle you know he was on his deathbed because he was injured and everything and he was dying and he worried that you know because he wasn't Christian enough because he came from a heathen background and, you know, his views of because how he let the pagans and the Christians, you know, coexist among one another. He felt like he wasn't um, godly enough to go to heaven. And on his <laughs> deathbed, he was worried that, you know, he wasn't going to go to heaven. And yeah. so, you know, the men gave him his sword and, you know, he was prepared to go wherever, you know, the gods were going to send him to. And, you know, come to find out, you know, Odin wanted him in his, his halls with his brothers and, you know, his other warrior family and stuff like that. You're talking and, about Hawken, um, right? King Hawken? Yeah. Hawken the, yeah. the Good? Yeah. 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 There is, you know, and, and that's the big, uh, you know, we, we could go on for hours about sources, you know, uh, and really good stuff. I mean, it, it really the sky is the limit with with folks you know yeah. what i mean um you you, you yeah, can, can you can get buried in it all day long <laughs> yeah you can get buried in the in in the books um and if that's your you know your drive i mean you mentioned you know jackson crawford who is not heathen he is a linguist and he's a great source of linguistic knowledge and i and i appreciate 
his um, his work that he's done because I've learned a lot. And, it, and uh, you know, honestly, you know, the information that he shared has <clears throat> kind of inspired me to go in a certain direction and has allowed me to discover other uh, really knowledgeable people who are heathens, right, that have academic credentials or background with things that have provided knowledge and information. Um, one of the things that I do like about Jackson Crawford was how he would say in so many of his videos was, you know, he doesn't feel that knowledge should be locked away in an ivory tower. I think there is work that should be done and, and, and a process that should, should be gone through to achieve that knowledge, but it's not like it needs to be gate kept so much so that you can't access it. I mean, it's accessible. You got to put the work in. And if you want to put the work in, you can gain a lot from it. Um, I would just say, again, it goes back to the practitioner side of things is, is don't, don't be so buried in the books that you can't put the work in at the grassroots level that you can't find where things apply in modern times make it work for you and your communities um don't let it restrict you from connecting with communities or or, or your community wherever you are i mean obviously we've we've talked now for over an hour about different ways to connect online you know amelia you 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 shared a pretty basic thing that pretty much anybody can do. You can get on your social media. And I know not a lot of folks that listen to this stuff may be connected in, uh, to, to social media the way that you or I might be. Um, but it's there. You know, you can utilize these tools for that reason and, and find things. You're going to have to probably sift through a lot of minutiae <laughs> uh, to, to, to find a, a wholesome group or, or, or community that you yeah. feel at home with. But it's there and there's a way to do it. And it's a it, it, it's a good way. And, you know, you can leverage these things that we have out here um, and just kind of kind of carve your 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 own path here. You know what I mean? Like find a way or make one um, yeah. is, is, is a term I like to, to, to go back to. I'm not I'm not the or, or, or originator of that term. I think Ocean Keltoy. Uh, in some of his content, he uh, almost every one of his videos, he'll say, you know, either find a way or make one. Yeah. Um, but it it does it. It that's the work behind it. You know, learn what you can learn from wherever you can learn it. Bandamanga Saga, the infamous, you know, wisdom is wisdom from wherever it comes. Uh, Odin kind of exemplifies that constant pursuit of knowledge. I think one of the lessons that we can learn from Odin is the madness that comes from that perpetual pursuit you can get lost in the sauce you know mm -hmm. you can go down rabbit hole so far that you lose the, the light of day um yeah. knowledge is a double-edged sword yeah it could bring you great wisdom or it could bring you a mental disability <laughs> yeah it comes to that knowledge of that rabbit hole like you know we're all mad here alice you know exactly like, um, yeah to me, I ask myself, because, you know, some of the stuff I read about and, you know, more of the, I guess it gets deep into like the spiritual aspects of stuff, how people, you know, practice shamanism and stuff like that. And, you know, mm. how the Norse people, you know, did their things and, you know, their neighbors were the Sami people. That's such a casually, that's such a casually yeah. used term nowadays too. like us, you know, I, I. That's, if I had, I, that's a, if I had a nickel another. for every time I went to a music festival, connecting with that shamanism, and like, don't get me wrong, yeah. 
they have scientifically proven having those music festivals out in the woods is good for the trees growth because of the vibrations or whatever yeah. it is like the frequencies. oh yeah it's good for it's good for the habitat it helps that doesn't make you a shaman yeah, just because you went like, to a drum circle and in a thing doesn't yeah. make you a shaman because you've connected yeah, to it but, that one time, you know, like. Yeah, but those music festivals, they get, they have a little too much fun out there and they end up, you know, worshiping the sun and connecting with all these different things. And like, don't get me wrong, I've been to music festivals. I've seen a lot of hooky dooky woo woo stuff. And I'm just like, oh no, I'm going home. Y'all are partying too much like. I don't want to be out in the woods anymore. Y'all are scaring nature, you know, and they think that they're connecting with different levels of what they believe is shamanism. And like, don't get me wrong, you know, the eye of the beholder, you know, I'm pretty sure that people meet me and they're like, you know, they question my judgment. You know, I've had a guy tell me that, uh, women can't be, uh, Gideas, like they can't be spiritual leaders. And I just looked at him and I was like, sir, have a great day. Like, I hope wherever you're going in life, you prosper. Like, have a great day. You know, have a day. everybody sees, yeah, just have uh, a you know, day. everybody, <laughs> you know, it's just like I said, good. It's like I said, good day. You know what I mean? It's just people day. have their own, you know, people have their own different lines that they draw in the sand. Yeah. And, you know, to me, when it comes to the spiritual connections of things, like, you know, what makes a Gothi or a Gidea? Like, was this secretly in the making? Why? we became the way we are or we you know connected to the the animism side of things or you know what we saw sacred and profane like you know why does some people's ancestors whisper to them why are some people healers why are some people medicine men you know yeah you know and it's really well, it goes back to you do the I, thing you know you do the yeah, thing and then you prove your self to the people that want to call you that you know well, well you're the people told you you are yeah yeah well I, I told one person that one time because they were like so did you elect yourself as a Gidea and I was like first off I did not elect myself the community <laughs> chose me they asked me to be a part of River Pine Kindred and they asked me to be the Gidea I was like I did not choose myself I said yeah. they felt that I was nurturing enough and what the community needed, not what it wanted. I was like, so before we go any farther with that, it's like I need you to take your 10 down to a two because I don't want no passive aggressive or, you know, don't get offended. Like, I don't know why you, you're not a leader. OK, but it just this is just how it fell for me. Like maybe it'll fall into place for you differently. But there's so mm -hmm. many people that are trolling people these days. You know, they're always trying to knock people. You know, yeah. some people believe that they're meant to be this way because they were born, you know, fate or the norms or whatever you want to, you know, use your special words of describing, you know, how the web works of everything of weird and whatnot. You know, were we destined to be this way? Was I destined to be a Gidea? Like, a, you know, were the gods leaving me messages to leave me up where I am today, having this podcast, talking with people? you know, sharing my story to the world, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure there's somewhere out in the world that somebody thinks I'm probably, you know, crazy. They're like, look at that pagan. 
you know, she's a crazy priestess. She's, she should burn. And I'm, you know, I think of that quote, it's like, if you're not doing something that would have got you burned at the stake 400 years ago, you're really not living, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, I'm, and I'm just over here, like I'm sipping my coffee and I'm just like, it's a good day to go on a hike. Let's go hike. Living my life. You know, just living my life, like, you know, yeah, just living my life. You know, I'm not doing anything weird. You know, just being a Norse pagan, living my best life. But we, but we are doing things that are weird. W-Y-R-D, right? We are yeah. weird in that I know. I always, way, look, right? I always look at people funny when they say something's weird, and I'm like, you don't say. You don't even know what you're saying, right? I know. I, like, look weird. at them like you don't say, and they're like, what are you talking about? Why are you looking at me like that? I'm like, oh, nothing. And I'm just, like, you know, drinking my little bubble tea or hot tea or whatever, minding my own business. I'm like, that right. is really weird. And I just yeah. like look at them because there's there's so many Norse words that people use today that they don't even know that they're using. And to me, I'm just like our ancestors are giving us messages and nobody's seeing it. I still get excited when I go into Walmart, you know, and I see another heathen. And I'm like, nice necklace. And he's like, you got a nice necklace, too. And I'm like, have a good day, you know, because where we live at, I live in a small town of 5000 people. And, you know, yeah. for to meet other Norse people in my little town, it's few and far between. Like, I think there's maybe like five people, but, you know, we live off of a major highway. So we have truckers that come through and there's a lot of truckers that are of the Norse faith or they have pagan backgrounds and stuff like that. So you'll see them come into my town. I think I've maybe met like three over the past 10 years. And you just look at me like, that's a nice necklace, you know, and they're like, thanks. You got a nice necklace, too. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those awkward encounters, you know, the, the way weird works and the people that we come across in life. Like, I would have yep. never thought, you know, all these years ago, I would be where I am. I feel like I'm truly blessed mm. in so many ways because I'm helping the community and, you know, meeting all these wonderful people and, you know, sharing my story to the world. You know, somebody once said that, you know, your survival guide story may be somebody else's saving grace i guess you want to call it in a way yep. yeah you don't know how you're going to impact people's lives you know um we do we get we get we get we get a bit stuck in our own selves sometimes uh, you know, wrapped up in our own minds and um <clears throat> we we forget um i was talking last week i think it was um with another guest uh about what pop culture does to influence people but yeah the influence that we have now and today and how that is that is that is a huge responsibility um, for people in positions, whether it's a content creator, whether it's a, a Githya, whether it's a chieftain, whether it's a Gothi, whether, you know, whoever you are, if you're if you're in a position that has influence uh, to any degree, um, it's a responsibility that I don't think a lot of people take seriously um but yeah. I, on the other hand too is is we we do we, we we tend to at times find ourselves um you know just thinking too much about this person here right well how do i feel not realizing that you know the responsibility the obligation that we have to the people that we've connected with uh, our kindreds our tribes the the family the extensions of our family right uh how they're 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 watching us you know they're 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 we, we talked earlier a little bit about you know <clears throat> uh you know if, if you don't have the the kindred the tribe whatever to 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 be with then you might as well just be a solitary practitioner and it made me think 
of a phrase that I've heard before um, that, you know, as the, you know, the, the, a chieftain without a tribe is not a chieftain. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the, so, and you could put maybe the term to, to whatever group, right? So the Gothi or the Githia without a kindred is not that. You might as well just be a solitary practitioner because um, all eyes on you, right? You, you, as you go, so do they. As the chieftain goes, so goes the tribe. You're, you're kind of this example setter. Not kind of, you are. You are this example setter. You're this, you know, uh, person that people look up to. And, and, and while you are dealing with, you know, your own respective struggles, strifes, you know, ordeals and things like that nature, that doesn't take away from the overall responsibility and obligation that one would have in that setting to their people. And, uh, you know, going through those ordeals and, and making it through and, and coming out stronger in the end, uh, re I think, reassures the people who have decided that they want to call River Pine Kindred their home. They want to call Hridhi Folk their home. They want to call Hridgar their home. It, it reassures them that I made the right choice because this person who I look up to, who I think is the, is the person that I want to, you know, be, be be associated with they know how to get through those things they they, they are setting that example and i trust them you know yeah. it's it's, it's a very deep dynamic to live out one of the things i remind people when we have sambal because you know we do our our toast oaths and boasts mm -hmm. and however you know order everybody does them and um you know, I always owe to them that, you know, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing for the community. And like, you know, I toast and boast, you know, to them in my own different ways. Because I remind them like, you know, yes, I may organize these things and put everything together. But each and every one of y'all, what you do, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, donating money so we could have a venue for the end of the year for Yule, or if you're helping clean up or helping bring food or taking the trash out or setting the tables up or posting on social media about what we're doing, each and every one of y'all are important in your own way. Like, yes, I may be the Gideon. I organize all these things, but each and every one of you, if it wasn't for y'all, I would not be where I'm at. Exactly right. Continuing moving forward you know, setting up these events and communicating with people and helping people in their own ways. Cause you know, I have people that need me to help them. And, you know, I tell them, you know, like I'll hold your hand until you don't need me anymore. You know, when you're trying to find what you need in your faith or looking for a kindred or whatever it is, what they need. But each and every one of us, you know, even if it's the person doing dishes or mopping the floor at the venue or, you know, starting the campfire or whoever's giving the offering out in the woods or, you know, who's pouring, you know, the mead cup, each and every one of us that does ritual and we feign together and we find what is sacred within and around us, we are what makes a tribe, a kindred, a community. Because I can sit there and do ritual by myself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, it'll be a different experience. But each and every person makes everything what it is, you know, that moves the energy, that brings the connections and the weird and, you know, different aspects of so many different things. And people forget that because they think, you know, oh, well, she's important because she's the Gideon. Yes, I am important because I help organize and put stuff together. I help you have a role. up and communicate yeah. with people. That's my role. 
Right. But if each and every one of y'all didn't Everybody show up else. to everything, I would be hosting right. the venue by myself in my big, you know, that 4,000 square foot building that we used for Yule. And I'd be kicking it by myself. Like, who? what kind right. of fun would that be? You right. know, and like I had such a wonderful community. Like everybody is so nice and so helpful. Like with everything, anything I suggest or need help with, I at least have one or two people there to say, "Hey, Amelia, I'll help you with this." Or you know, we had some people that were so upset because they couldn't, you know, put donations towards the venue. And I'm like, "Listen here, ma'am, it's not about the money. Everybody has their role in a community. It doesn't matter if you sweep the floor." Or right. if you do the dishes, or if you bring a dish, or whatever you need, you know, everybody has an important role. My cat's singing the music of his people. I hear Howie. him, man. He's out there just giving it heck, man. He's just getting, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I know. He's like, he I has, got something. He, He's like, I got something to say too, man. I know. I have like a bunch. I got of a cats. role. I got a community. I got. I got my role. Oh, look at that chunky. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not about that. He's very he's like, scared. I was saying, he's like, that I don't want to. Like, I don't want to be in the podcast. He sings all the time when people call me to talk about kindred and community stuff. They're here, my cat singing music of his people, and they're like, "You give that poor kitty some cheese. He's hungry." I married the crazy cat lady. He came with uh, four cats, so I That's just have a kitty party all the time. Like, I've got three of the four in my my room right now so but that was you know, a great cameo people just forget yeah people just forget that you know everybody has a role in the community you don't have to be the person at the top you know to be somebody important you could be a normal no that's average the thing person everybody has a little things but people role. forget that because of the way society is you know we're taught that you know we're supposed to go to school and be something important you know right. you could be a blue collar guy and still do great stuff you could go down the soup kitchen and you know, help feed the homeless. It's the little things. It's not about the big things, you know? And sometimes yeah. less is more and more is less, you know? And a lot of people forget that. Like, I know it's a chemistry term, but, you know, people forget that. Sometimes, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And sometimes you, less means more and more means less, you know? It's all it's all relative, you know? And yeah. we're going to wrap it up here soon because I want to be respectful of your time. But I do want to just say, like, it's all relative because uh, you can't have all the chiefs and no Indians. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, then that's an, like an old outdated term, but you know, too many chiefs, yeah. not enough Indians can't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't allow for a, a, a good and, and proper functioning group, society, tribe, whatever, you know, you want to put the name to uh, everybody has a role. Everybody has a place. Everybody has an important place. Um, so not everybody can be to raise a community. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. You know, that's a great way of putting it. So I do want to uh, remind everybody that um, Amelia is the Gidea of River Pine Kindred. You can find River Pine Kindred on on Facebook. Uh, I don't think there's anything else you guys have going on on the website. No, or, I am or a, I'm a, no, we haven't worked on our website yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. Like I have to make an ORG website and I'm not website savvy. So I've been slowly using Canvas and trying to figure it out the yeah. best I can and everything. But I'm trying and between that and trying to finish graduating in May. Right. I'm just, I only have so many spoons and stuff, but we're working on it. So if anybody knows somebody that can help me with an ORG website, I would greatly 
appreciate it. So. Excellent. Well, you can find information about River Pine Kindred in the show notes of the podcast. You can find them on Facebook. You can find the uh, Arklatex Facebook group, which will also be linked in the show notes and description of the podcast. Um, it's all on Facebook, so you know you can connect uh, to them through that. And thank you, Amelia, for taking time out of your out of your evening, out of your day, to come on here and and ramble on with me a bit about you know what it means to be involved in the community and 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 being active in that way. I think uh, we, we we covered a lot of topics, we covered a lot of bases, and I think hopefully people will uh, learn something and 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 maybe apply some of the things that they heard today in in their own regions and in those areas too. Hopefully, so. Well, thank you for having me, and I greatly appreciate it. Maybe I'll be back in another year or two to host another one of these with you. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, like I say, you know, uh, you got the email. Um, it, you know, if something else comes up that that's kind of like a bug in your ear, or, or, or you know, something on your mind that you think would be great to 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 come back on here for, uh, the invite is open. You know how to get a hold of me. You know, we're connected on social media too. So. It's not like it's a formal thing, but would love to have you back yeah. on here. Don't have to be a year from now. We got the whole rest of the year to to plan something too. So, um, yeah. we can maybe you'll get plan. the chance to come down to Texas and. Kick We'd it love with to. Us the, yeah, I know we've talked. We've talked about coming out in that area uh, in the past, and um, just life, and you know how things go. You know, you yeah. plan certain oh, things. Believe and, me, I know life is always throwing anything at us all the time it's like this is a test please don't overreact you know it's like right we'll figure it out you know it's always right. something all the time yeah when it's meant to happen though it'll happen and we'll be there for it so but yeah uh, i appreciate you coming on uh, everyone that's listening and watching you know be sure to check out the link tree that's uh for my stuff for the midgard musings channel the random heathen ramblings podcast support in any way that you can but also do be sure to check out and follow uh, River Pine Kindred on on Facebook in the uh, Arklatex group. Um, so yeah, thank you, Amelia, for for joining me today, and thank you all for listening and watching. Um, if you like the video, like the podcast, upvote it, share it, do the thing uh, to help spread the word, share the information out there. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, and until we talk to each other again, may the gods continue to notice you, and may your ancestors smile upon you. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs>